Hi, I'm John. And I'm Cecilia. Welcome to Crazy Cat Paranormal Speaks. Hey, Crazy Cats. We have something special coming up for you guys. Particularly this episode, but also ongoing throughout the season. Everybody has heard of Zach and the Ghost Adventure crew. And everybody's heard of Steve and Jason and Ghost Nation. And everybody's heard of Brandon and Ghost Hunters 2.0 or you know whatever they call themselves now. These are big names. These are big teams. They're everywhere. They're on TV. You see them in books. You see them all over YouTube. But they're not the be-all, end-all. Even if you're hopping around the paranormal groups on Facebook, you're going to see groups that have 4,000 members, 10,000 members. And it's like, oh, well, these people must really know what they're doing. And these other people who have smaller teams, who maybe don't have a Facebook, who maybe have a smaller YouTube, whatever, that they don't know what they're doing because they don't have a big following. I'm going to tell you right now, it's not about the following. Not at all. If that's the only thing that you're looking at is the numbers, it's a mistake. Because there are so many people who are bouncing around out there in the field that are doing really significant research, that are uncovering things, that are just going out of their way to share what they're finding with everybody. And we at Crazy Cat happen to think it's time that some of them get a little spotlight on them. So we're going to start our Spotlight series with a team right out of Austin, just like us. (laughs) So they're kind of our neighbors. And I'm going to be honest, watching them, I think, was one of the things that gave us courage to start putting things on YouTube. I agree. Ourselves. Uh, I I don't think they know that we've been stalking them for quite some time. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm, I'm really thrilled that they're here. And, and hopefully they still like us after the fact. <laughs> but I want to welcome Jane and Bert from Unearthly. And guys, you guys have a super long name, so I'm going to turn it over to you to give the full name. <laughs> right on. Thank you so much. Oh, wow. I'm a little verklempt after that intro. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. We are Unearthly History and Paranormal Investigation. We are a three-person team. Um, it's me and Bert, husband and wife, based out of Austin. And, and then one of my friends from childhood, Lauren Moss, she is a channel medium, and she guides us and gives us direction from Michigan. And a lot of people get really confused how, you know, most teams, if they're going to use a medium, they're going to have a hands-on, like boots-on-the-ground medium. But I always tell people to think of Lauren as kind of like a long-distance operator, like you would see on the old Lassie show. She yeah. can just kind of get a wire and plug into here and... So she's kind of our, you know, help me, Helga, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> so what got you all started in this? Oh, wow. Well, um, we both had um, like interesting childhood experiences growing up that got us initially interested in the paranormal. And then I, after I moved down here, I've been down here about a year, I think, I started working for a local tour company. They're called Haunted ATX. And I can give you all the links for all their, you know, stuff and everything. And basically, we drive around in vintage hearses from the 90s. It's hard to say that something from the 90s is vintage, but, you know, they're 92 and 94. So It guys. is now. <laughs> but, you know, I always tell people if something's the same age as Kurt Cobain's death, it's just going to be a little quirky. So there you go. That's a little dark. Sorry. <laughs> but um, and we just slowly got more interested in it as I started researching the history around Austin, because you can't, you know, turn running something on it in Austin. We're the third most haunted city in the south behind New Orleans and Savannah. What Haunted ATX does is we drive people around in vintage hearses, go around to different spots around Austin, and Bert and I kind of got fascinated with studying the history and learning more as I was working this job. 
And then we started, <laughs> this is kind of funny, we started watching Ghost Adventures. I think the Whaley House episode was one of our first episodes because a guest recommended it to yeah. me. And Mr. Tech Guy just got hooked on the tech, and somehow I brainwashed him into loving history, and it just kind of manifested <laughs> from there. So, <laughs> And congratulations, by the way. <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I understand there might have been a marriage within the team. Like, yes, really she may be an recent. honest woman. <laughs> 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 we did it very Austin style. You know, we initially wanted to have the the big Austin, you know, festival wedding. And then, you know, COVID-19 happened. So everything gets scaled down, scaled down, scaled down. So we just did a pop-up style wedding with a very small number of friends in front of Littlefield Mansion on the UT campus. Oh, nice. That is awesome. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Mm. It was very pop-up style, but that's Austin. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You guys, you guys are, are stinking adorable. I just want to tell you that right now. Oh, so, how long have y'all been together? Um, uh, four years. We've been dating four years. Yeah, he's better at math. <laughs> how, how long were we together before we married? Oh heck, I don't know. Eighteen years. Eighteen? Wasn't it? <laughs> Seventeen? Eighteen years? <laughs> you you got to make sure you're sure. You know, it's like getting a tattoo on your face. When I asked, sure sure. when I asked my best man. If he would be my best man, he just looked at me with a deadpan look in his eyes and said, so you're sure she's the one? (laughs) 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 Yeah, we'd been playing house for about 18 years by that point, and it was like, eh, let's get married. Children and everything, (laughs) you know. (laughs) I love it, I love it. So, Bert, how did you get all tied up into all of this? Um, Well, actually, thanks to her passion about you know, the paranormal and history, it definitely got my, like, curiosity. So once I started getting into it, watching Ghost Adventures with her, I was just like, oh, my God, we got to try this. And so for her birthday, I actually got her the spirit box. Ah. And that's that's kind of what started everything, actually. And we went to the tavern here in Austin and got some crazy uh, evidence. So we're like, okay, I think we should keep doing this. That's the first video I saw from you guys. Was the tavern, right? Yep. Yeah. I think that was the first yeah. video I saw. No, actually, I think the first video I saw from them was at, what's the name of that summer? Oak Oakwood? Oakwood? Yeah. I think that was the first oh, one I saw okay. you guys. Was, the tavern was, was my first. And if I remember correctly, and you guys correct me if I'm, if I'm way off base, but I'm pretty sure I saw a video about building an SLS camera as well. Yeah. Yeah, that was a... That was a time and a half. We um, tried and tried and tried over and over again to make the SLS and ended up being just like I had a, a faulty cord. The entire oh, time. man. Yeah, one faulty cord <laughs> will mess that whole endeavor up. Yeah, so ended up um, being just the cord and fixed it. And then I think our first investigation with it was the uh, Faust Hotel in uh, New Braunfels. Mm-hmm. You can't see me, but I'm nodding like a like a bobblehead. Groupie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like a groupy bobblehead. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, oh man. Speaking of SLS, that's what started our team. So, um, you know, oh, we nice. we've had the, the same you know lifelong activity and stuff like that personally in our lives. But then Cecilia came to me one year and said, "Hey, I want to put one of these together," and she. Figured out what all to buy and get and everything, and it all came. And she said, now, help me figure out how to put this thing together. And <laughs> Yeah, that's his job. <laughs> well, no, both of us together. And we did. And we rigged this thing up, and uh, we still use it. It's our SLS. 
And listeners, oh, wow. if you decide to build one, do not cheap out on the handle. I'm just telling no. you. No. Don't ask me <laughs> yeah. how I know. Yeah. Don't ask me how I know. Just understand that I know. By the time you're done with all the things mounted, you're going to need a sturdy <laughs> Don't handle. Cheap out on the handle. Or when <laughs> mm-hmm. you go to take it out of its case, the handle may snap. That's right. Yeah. Me too. Yes, definitely. I'm going to ask you guys something I have never asked anybody who has ever been on the show. Ooh. Okay. I have asked people about their experiences, and, and you guys are not getting out of that one. You're going to tell me all about your experiences. I've asked them their favorite places to <laughs> investigate, and you're not getting out of that one either. <laughs> okay. But I have never asked anybody why. Why do you do this? Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> That's like a third date question. Wow. Um, okay. Bert, do you want to go first? Uh, ladies first. Go forward. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um so the biggest this is going to get real nerdy real quick but the biggest question that we all have no matter where we come from what our belief structure is what our background past present or future is none of us knows what happens after we die and everything in our modern mindset is really built around that if you think it from our faith structures to our corporate structures Everything is built around when a human dies, but nobody knows what happens afterwards. And for me personally, I have had some very visceral reactions, both as a professional in this industry. Can I say that without? Yeah, yes, absolutely. Industry, (laughs) and um, you know, as a tour guide and just as a human, that there's no way I can explain it other than it's paranormal, it's divine, it's a source topic, it's something bigger than what I am. And so I think this is kind of the ultimate question that we can all agree on, you know, not to get all Douglas <laughs> Adamsy, but none of us really knows what happens and none of us can really have the answer because honestly, every ghost hunter wants to catch a ghost in a box, but are we actually going to catch a ghost in a box? No, it's just theory and standing on the shoulders of giants of people who have come before us and constantly exploring this science that was once thought of as a purely pseudoscience. I love your answer. I like you. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 love your, I love your answer because it resonates a lot with me, right? I think, I think right. everything that we do and think on some level goes back to what you just said. Even phobias. If you think about phobias, like I'm terrified of heights, but I'm not really terrified of heights. I'm terrified of suddenly not being at that height. Uh, and, and what, I mean, the same thing with yep. water. People who are afraid to go out, they're not afraid to go out per se. They're afraid of something happening while they're out. Mm-hmm. So I think, mm-hmm. I think what you said is spot on, right? It just, yeah. everything is, is that. Do you think, do you think, and again, this is a question I have, I don't think I've ever asked anybody before. Do you think that paranormal, what we, what we, look at as paranormal is actually deceased moved on and paying us a visit or do you think it's something else oh like another plane another you know just uh the simplified version of both of those questions is yes (laughs) um it's a little bit of both and and bert and i talk about this all the time because i say perpetually fascinated like yeah it's cool to get an intelligent response and have something interact with you and like answer your questions and say like i'm janice joplin or whatever through the spirit box but it's a whole different thing when you're dealing with like the energetic phenomenon that is a kinetic Mm -hmm. or residual haunting 
And so sometimes do I think we're we're interacting with former humans? Absolutely. I have interacted with some former humans that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt I have interacted with. Um, Have I interacted with things that were never human? Totally. The Faust Hotel was full of things that had never been human. Oh, neat. Do I think there's like demonic and angelic forces? I mean, sure, why not? You know, I'm going to quote a lot of nerd lit here, but the sky is filled with good and bad that mortals never know. And it's super naive of us to think that in our, you know, finite little comprehension of life, the universe, and everything, that it's just linear planes like that. So I think we have to be open to the fact that once we do get past this plane, that there's more within the plane, kind of like space almost. Uh, I'm just, my mind's blown. Uh, Bert, you're being awfully quiet. <laughs> I'm used to being the camera guy, you know. So no, 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 no. Behind. No, oh, no. I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> nobody escapes. <laughs> no, nobody escapes a call with us without talking. So, what do you think about all this? <laughs> well, it's it's very interesting, actually. We were just talking about that this morning. Uh, one of the paranormal groups I'm in on Facebook asked a very existential kind of uh, what is it? Quantum mechanics kind of question about the paranormal Hmm. and so yeah it was very interesting so like my interpretation of that is it could be you know spirits that were here before or if it is in the instance that they are in a different dimension or a different realm at the same time as us is it possible that when we're communicating with them through the spirit box are we piercing their veil to present ourselves as accidental ghosts to them. Wow, that's pretty compelling. And that's interesting because John and I have had a very similar conversation. We went somewhere in September and had some really profound experiences and had this very similar conversation. Oh, wow. It's fun to think about. It's definitely fun to think about. Yeah, it seems like it's always a one-sided thing from the human condition. Like, Mm -hmm. we're always trying to understand them and where they are and why they're still there when other people aren't and things like that. But how does it reciprocate? You know, you don't really hear a lot of people talk about that. Yeah. Great. Yeah. It's very interesting. Okay. Now, now that we've gone down that rabbit hole, (laughs) 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 tell us, tell us the, the scariest place you guys have been. Ooh. Oh, man. And you don't get to just (laughs) say, Oh, it was the Faust hotel or, Oh, it was this. (laughs) You've got to tell us. Like that we've, like that we've been as a team, or either, that we're either. individually. Yeah. Scary is scary. Okay. Um. Gosh. Oh. Scary word. Scary is scary. Uh, Bert, what do you like as far as investigations that we've done? Like, when's the time that you've been really scared? Uh, hands down. Um, it's Cedars Oaks in Austin. Oh God. It's a very <laughs> normal public park, but at night it's a totally different place. I couldn't believe we did it after we did it. Why? What happened? Oh, man. Pretty much, um, we had red eyes watching us throughout the entire investigation. And and, uh, a couple times we had, like, it seemed like they were rushing at us. Whatever spirit or entity was there, it just felt like it was, like, approaching, and then it would stop. And it was just freaky. Like, it came up to Jane... And I've never seen her, like, shaking so bad. And we were both just kind of stuck in this moment right when it kind of escalated. And just capturing it and watching it back is just so eerie still to this day. Yeah. It freaks me out. 
Were there any other people around in the park? Uh, we saw a couple uh-uh. walker buyers, you know. But nobody Micro, noticed anything but, going on. I yeah. mean, nobody picked up on the energy or anything like that. They seemed oblivious to it. Yeah, it seems like it. Yeah. There weren't many, barely that many people around because it was pretty late at night. Like, it was probably around 10 or so. And, I mean, there were, I think we saw two people on bike yeah, go through at different times. There was one real creepy looking human that was walking in as we were leaving, which I'm just giving that to the spirit guides like they got us out in time. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> and what park is this? Uh it's called Cedars Oaks. Cedars Oaks. There's really only one location that we've been like super protective about keeping it private because it is a private residence here in Austin and it's the art house, which man, I cannot wait to get back into that house. Like, good lord, I can't wait to get back into that house. We've got some unfinished business that's gotta happen there, so Good interactions or scary interactions or? Um, very good. Very. The first time in an investigation that I really felt like guided by the spirits, if that makes any sense. Like I felt like I could ask a question and it's not like I would hear them say, Jane, turn left and go up the stairs. But I kind of, I, I've been working on like opening my third eye and listening to my intuition. So I was able to kind of navigate through that and, we actually uh, went up into this upstairs apartment in this house. It's kind of cordoned off into, what would you say, like four sections, basically, Bert? Yeah. So there's like the, the upstairs apartments, the caretaker's apartments, the main level, and then there's like a basement area. Um, but it's a really, really fascinating house. It was actually built by Joe Sayers, who was the last Confederate governor of Texas and a Freemason. Mm-hmm. So that stirs up the energy there. And before that, the grounds was a toy store. So <laughs> it's just got all kinds of wildness happening there. <laughs> but yeah, just being able to get a response and see something like this spirit that was kind of guiding us. She was going by the name Morgan when she would come to the spirit box. And she led us to this upstairs apartment to this, like, crawl space area where there was a dusty old file cabinet that had a harmonica in it, like, way back behind everything. And if you go back and watch the Art House video, you can hear me the whole time saying, I'm uncomfortable going through people's files. I don't want to touch this. Like, please don't make me do this awkward thing. I'm an introvert. But um, when we got it out, it was actually... um, a Honer uh, harmonica, which Morgan Honer is the name of the company. And so the name that was coming through was she was trying to, I don't think that was actually her name, but that was the item she was trying to find for us to give to this girl that lived there. And then come to find out it had been something that somebody had played for her when she lived in that house, when she was a two-year-old infant. So it was kind of a really cool, like roundabout in that sense. Wow. That is so awesome. It was pretty cool. Yeah. (laughs) So, what would you want the world to know about your team and what you're doing? Oh, um, Bert, you start. Well, I'd say the validity of it. We want to just stay as genuine as possible when we present any evidence. We don't want to, like, tamper with it. Of course, we get cinematic with our entity, and, you know, it's fun. But besides that, when it comes to the investigation, we don't like to edit too much at all. So it's more just raw footage when you're seeing and that way it's, you know, I don't know. We want to keep it more just legit, of course. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We we don't edit unless somebody's cussing. And then we'll try and edit okay. that out. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we're not. It's so we're hard, not, actually. We, we don't have the, the nice cinematography that you guys have. We don't. We're not that gifted like you guys. Oh, oh thank you. <laughs> 
that, that's all him. That's all him. I'm just the the research and some voiceover. <laughs> well, how much research do you do before you go into a, a new place? Um, do you want me to answer honestly? Yes, you do. <laughs> Usually, going into it, I don't do just a whole heck of a lot because for especially if it's a specific location. I discovered after Art House, because that just kind of got sprung on us by our friend Julie. She came over one night, or we were getting drinks somewhere one night, and she goes, hey, do you want to go over to so-and-so's house? We can get in there tonight. And I was like, um, <laughs> yes. So we just, you know, went over there knowing nothing and going into it kind of blind, and then, you know, getting some confirmation of good evidence, and then going back and matching it with the history. That kind of fascinated me, so I've enjoyed kind of that puzzle piece aspect of it. Um but then I usually, you know, when Bert's putting it together, he'll kind of tell me, you know, the direction that we're going with it. And so I'll tailor my history to, okay, I can't talk about the indigenous life here for 45 minutes. I've got to condense yeah. this down into three yep. minutes. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say, yeah. I, know, I know a lot of folks out there are very big into doing this ginormous history research on properties. But I honestly, usually for the first mm-hmm. time walking into somewhere, would rather walk in there blind cold yeah yeah cold because um mm-hmm. i get i get readings and images and hear things and whatnot and i'd rather be able to go back and validate them than have that kind of taint my, mm-hmm. my that predisposed yeah knowledge yeah 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 so you, you you wouldn't see a lot of history on on the stuff that we do but i know you guys you do a wonderful fantastic job of talking about the history of a place and you know weaving that it into what you're James. doing see you guys are a fantastic team then well most of my education background is in american art history so i just tell people i love stories with pictures so that's why i went into art history but it's just i don't know i've always loved the story of people like i tell people all the time even the most rapscallionist things that i could tell you from the driscoll it's just people doing people stuff you know like some of the lbj stories it's like that Lyndon Baines Johnson, yeah. you oh, rascal. Yeah. <laughs> LBJ is kind of like the Kevin Bacon game in Austin. It's like a six degrees of LBJ <laughs> when you're in Austin. Everybody's got some connection somehow, like his yeah. ghost, his human, his something. That house out there, as, as you drive into, uh, as you're driving into Kingsland, oh, uh, there's that house with that flat observation deck up on top of it, overlooking the lake, right to the left of the road. And all the stories of the weirdness that has gone on on that observation deck with LBJ and his crew. <laughs> Many stories there. Have you ever heard the when he was talking to the pants people about tailoring his pants? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let it out a little. <laughs> so, so now that leads me to my favorite LBJ story from the Driscoll. And I tell this on the tour, but only after I've told a couple of jokes and I realize, like, okay, this is a tour that I can tell the good jokes to. Right, right. I kind of have to warm them up, but you know, it's you got to gauge them. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got to read the room before I give them the good. Yeah. So, LBJ, as we all know, whenever he would come to Austin to do business, when he was our nation's leader and our state's leader, he would stay at the Driscoll. Well, he stayed there so much that they started calling it his little White House. Why did he stay there so often? Great question. He had a girlfriend here that was 20 years younger than him named Madeline Brown that fought or mothered his only son, Stephen Brown, who he interacted with at Art House. 
And he would go have encounters with her at the Driscoll because you've got to put her up in the nicest place. Why would you go to the sleep cheap when you've got the Driscoll? Right. So in the mornings, he would leave the LBJ suite after he'd had an encounter with Madeline the night before, put on just his robe. Notice I just said a robe. Walk out to the balcony that's just off of Brazos Street, yep. point towards Sixth Street, and say "Good morning," opening up his robe to everybody at Sixth and Brazos. You can't <laughs> can make people that. up. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, what a charismatic character. Oh man! Speaking of your tour, uh, you want to tell us a little bit about your haunted tour? Are you guys still doing it with the pandemic and everything? Yes, we are doing it very safe. Uh, In normal times, we do public band tours with intermixed groups and then private hearse tours. But because of COVID-19 and not wanting to like intermix families and everything, um, we do just do private tours now. I'm not sure what the price points are set at, but you can go on the website and check it out. Um, But it's very safe. I haven't felt unsafe at any point in time doing it. And I feel like all of our guests that have given us great reviews have felt safe too. So that's cool. (laughs) Yeah, we we were looking at the the private hearse tours. That looks very Mm -hmm. attractive. Yeah, (laughs) Very attractive. (laughs) Ooh. If you book one, let let me know and I'll be your tour guide. That'll be fun. Like all of our tour guides are great, but I just want an excuse to hang out with y'all. Oh sure, <laughs> oh, cool. That there would be go. fun. Definitely, we we probably will sometime this spring. Yep. I think because it looks it looks way too inviting. Do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about what happens on these tours? Sure. So we go around to a few different locations around Austin, and we tell stories at the different locations. I just, my teacher heart likes to circulate things together. So I tell my stories in a way that kind of all the locations tie back into one another, but that's just my storytelling type. Um, We go to, let's see, my favorite location that we go to would probably be the clay pit. That's also one that Bert and I have investigated. I just, I could investigate that restaurant every day for the rest of my life and not get tired of it. Like I, I'm so convinced that I've figured out this like, purpose and life mission that I have that's kind of like my national treasure eat pray love mission that I have to do so have you ever heard the rumor about I got way sidetracked off the tour but ghosts <laughs> dork me out I'm so sorry so have you ever heard the ghost story about the scarlet lady at the Capitol? I think we've all probably heard that where she's up on one of the top floors and people will see her just around the corner and then she darts around the corner and it's this lady in this old tiny red dress Well, there's a spirit at the clay pit that up until a few years ago when another paranormal team went in with a boots-on-the-ground medium, um, there was the spirit there called the Scarlet Lady, and we didn't have a name for her until, I want to say, 2017, and she revealed that her name was April. And so I did some digging because I thought, well, how interesting is that that Austin has two Scarlet Lady myths. That's very interesting that it's two of the same, you know, apparition in one town. Well, then I kind of made the connection that, there used to be vice tunnels underneath Austin that started underneath the state capitol. And if you don't know about that, that's another five-hour conversation. <laughs> but that started underneath the state capitol and fanned out to different businesses around Austin. And the clay pit was one of those businesses. And uh, sex workers and clientele would go back and forth in these sex tunnels from the vice districts to the non-vice districts. And so one night I had a group down in the clay pit, and I said, hey, guys, I'm just going to try something because April, a.k.a. the Scarlet Lady, really likes to interact with the lights in the basement. Like, we kind of use it as, like, a divination tool almost to answer, like, yes and no questions. And so I said, April, I have a question. I think that you might be the same lady that everybody sees in the state capitol with the beautiful red dress on. And the energy in the room just changed. The lights got 
super bright because I always dim them before we go downstairs, just kind of add to the ambiance and it's easier to see the flickers when they're a little lower. They got super bright and then they started flickering and it felt like she was cheering for me like, oh my God, girl, keep going. You got it. You got it. Oh, that it. is awesome. <laughs> so I'm determined mm-hmm. I'm going to figure out who she is. That's, that's my, my national treasure. <laughs> <laughs> and, and listeners, we're going to have links to their YouTube page to their Facebook page, and to the Haunted Ghost Tours, so that if you want to check them out, you will be able to do so. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. Anything else you would like the listeners to know about you? Besides the fact that you were two of the coolest people I think I've talked to in a very long time. (laughs) Aww. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Um, What do you think? Um, well, we both grew up in haunted houses and those are fun stories. If you ever want to talk haunted houses exclusively sometime, that's kind of what got me into art history. That's coming up Um, in our spring series. So we will have you back. (laughs) Definitely. Ooh, yay. The house that I grew up in in West Tennessee was part of the Underground Railroad. So I started having paranormal experiences at about the age of seven. Oh, a lot of history there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's fascinating. You guys can have your own personal experiences episode. Ooh. Yeah. That would be actually a good idea. But Bert has to talk, too. (laughs) That's the only stipulation. That is my stipulation. Bert has to talk, too. Bert, I'm like you. I'm I'm more of the tech guy behind the scenes. I do a little bit of the investigation. I'm not nearly as sensitive that Cecilia is. Maybe a tenth, if that. So if if she, like, really gets something that raises her hackles, I may or may not feel anything <laughs> yeah, that's about it yeah i, I did get him no, to yeah, use divining rods yep i i handed him divining rods and i took the camera when we were at haunted hill house oh. back in november and Ooh. i made him walk around with the divining rods yeah it's the first time we used them and i was like here you do them. <laughs> well they kept pointing the same oh. way that they did for you yeah it didn't matter it was funnier watching you yeah <laughs> it was pretty good <laughs> Well, I'm still trying to get better at those myself. So, well, you know what the the trick is? The trick is being able to hold them plumb, yeah, straight and steady. Yep, and not slightly tilted. It's our natural inclination. We found out <laughs> to to tilt your hand down just a little bit. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So we're we're thinking of ways to mm-hmm. to hold that steady. I'm thinking about rigging up some kind of like frame with a spirit level that. You know, Ooh. you could like hold it and know that it's level to the ground. Oh, wow. And that way, any movement of the rods would be, you know, legit. Yeah. Yeah. I like See, that's that. That's why I love the paranormal community. Like, we're all making steps to make it even more legitimate. Yeah. And, and we're all a bunch of weirdos who call to each other's weirdoness. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. We're our I love it. Everybody's got a bit of tech nerd in them somewhere. In oh, the- yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean,. I think that a big part of why we've had a resurgence, because I know that the paranormal investigation world was has always been really kind of a big deal in the human condition, even before we had technology like we do now. But I think there's been a, a resurgence of it, not just because of TV and, and internet TV, but also because the technology is so attainable. You know, we can build our own circuits uh, at home on our kitchen table that are instruments that can help us in this endeavor. So, yeah, we can burn our own kitchen table. We with can the burn our own iron. kitchen table with a soldering iron. <laughs> yeah, but you know, and, make your own s'mores. Yes, exactly. While doing it, and then also you can pretty affordably buy instruments that are pretty high tech. 
and reliable. Whereas back in the yeah. day, it was just like in the seventies and even the eighties, anyone that had some kind of high tech thing that would pick up on some certain energy wavelength or whatnot, it was just unattainable to most of us. It was so expensive. Hey, I may do with a yep. Panasonic cassette recorder. Well, yeah, and, in and the seventies, the old school, the seventies and eighties, a, a cassette recorder, portable, battery operated cassette recorder was your EVP device. You That's know, awesome. I, I was a dopey kid. Yeah. I ran around with a, a cassette recorder. I <laughs> love it. I had read somewhere when I was little that if you put it on play, if you put the radio on static, and put the recorder on play, that you might hear something. You, you'll catch something. Wow. Exactly what we're okay. doing now with a spirit box and a. I, I will record. tell you right now, I did not. <laughs> okay, we were meant to be friends because I had a talk boy in the '90s for kids that remember that from Home Alone too. And I've never actually told Bert that I used to do the same thing. I forget what book I read that in, but <laughs> <laughs> I would do the same thing with my talk boy in the '90s because you could do it back and forth and make it like slow motion and backward. I love yeah. that. I yeah, you cool. could sweep it. We're by meant hand. to be friends. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Well, we just recently got an old-school Panasonic recorder that we were going to take out in the field, but we haven't been able to yet, but soon. Almost, but not quite the duplicate of mine. Almost the exact same one from the late 70s, and then... Early 70s. Um, early 70s, that's I'm right. I'm old. I'm old, people. I'm old. And then we also got a uh, Library of Congress cassette player for the impaired... That will play at all different speeds. It's and backwards. And backwards. Oh, nice. I know what you're talking about. Those are really cool. I used to work in senior care, so I know exactly what you you're talking about. You know the unit. Really cool. Yeah, you know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. We got one. And um, so you can actually play side two backwards if you have side one loaded and you hit the reverse switch. You're hearing channels three and four in reverse. So oh, I'm wow. looking really forward to listening back in reverse to some EVP sessions and see if we can't find some backward mass stuff that we can't hear forward. Yeah, that's awesome. I want to thank you guys for coming on. I want to thank you guys for putting up with us. Thank you so much. We are known to be a handful for most people. It's like, who are these wackos? And how did they get us to talk to them? Uh, so I appreciate it. Uh, I have a feeling that inner nerd is speaking to inner nerd here. So, <laughs> love it. Uh, must be it. Must be something in the Austin water, <laughs> or the, something that just brings us to Austin. You know, we're we're naturally attracted to the spirit energy. Yep. <laughs> I, I made mm-hmm. a wrong turn and landed in Austin. I was heading for New Mexico. I don't know how I ended up here. I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a New York girl. This is too much. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> but I want to thank you guys for coming uh, on. Yes, thank uh, you very you much. You guys rock. And listeners, we're going to have all their links in the show notes, so make sure you check them out because they really are awesome. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, we thank really you so appreciate much. it. Yeah, this has been a great experience. Our pleasure. Yeah. Oh, For my God, too. this was fun. Yay. Cool. <laughs> Y'all have a great night, and, and hopefully we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, definitely. Thank all you. Right. <laughs> bye. All right, bye. Hey, if you like what you hear, and how could you not? We are freaking adorable. Check us out as Crazy Cat Paranormal on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. The links will be in the show notes. <laughs>